1: <laughs> How close do I have to be to this thing? You don't have
0: to. You, don't have, to, you have a pretty. I can get as close person. as you want. I can just
1: get <laughs> down here like this.
0: pretty well. Okay, I'm gonna be embarrassed. I have to do a little intro thing. Uh... Hi friends. Uh, this is another podcast from Sarah May. So today's podcast, I'm really excited to be interviewing the amazing Justin Lyon. And I'm calling the episode Love and Success because, and the other name for this was, of course you can, Um, because it's targeted toward creative people that really want to make a living at doing what they love. And I think that's something many strive for, but it's really hard to achieve it in reality and so they instead fall into the grooves of like an industry or of what others before them have told them to do. So today I wanted to talk about being a creative and an entrepreneur and finding your own perfect life ratio so that you can build the life that allows you to be all of you. So in other words, merging your life's loves but also family and not just work and then also career. So an introduction, Justin Lyon. Photographer, super funny dude with a beautiful family, and also the producer of Yoga Abba Gabba. So he helps to inspire other creative entrepreneurs and artists in the likes of Field Trip and the unique camp. And I just found out you also helped to create a clothing line called Lou LaRoe, and you co shoot with your lovely wife as a photographer, Millie Aligned Photography. So I'm stoked to interview you because you are very inspiring and you have a really refreshing perspective on life. So, hello, Justin. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in your interview with Creative, for Creative Mornings LA, uh, at yes. one point you said, we were no one. And yet serendipitously, you kind of helped to birth such a major paradigm shift for modern parents. And like, I think it was such a gift for culture just to have something that really catered to people that want, not wanted to not hate what their kids were watching or wanted to be able to spend more time with their kids. So. I feel like you represent this anomaly in a lot of ways in that you have kids and you're cool and you watch TV with your kids and you're entertained and you can be adventuresome and a creative thinker, but you also have like almost four kids now. So yes. all of those things are pretty amazing. What about that, I guess, ethic or structure? How how did you set that up in your life or what do you think set that up for you? And how did you get there? Or were you just always that way?
1: That's a great question. I think for myself personally, growing up in a, in a home with an artist for a father, my dad, he's a painter, he paints for a living. And so growing up in a creative home where that's how someone provided for their family, I think I learned from an early age that you can do something you love. I mean, there were times when it was a struggle for sure. Like our finances were up and down as a child and my mom would work sometimes a second job to help bring in income. But from an early age, my dad would always say like, find something you love to do. And the reason why he said that is because if you love something, chances are you're going to excel at it because you're going to love it. You're going to want to do it. You're going to want to learn and grow and do it so you can get experience and perfect whatever it is you're doing. If you don't love it, if you're in a job where you just come home like after a nine to five and you like want to shoot yourself, it's one of those things where, you know, you're not going to have a happy life. He talked about finding something that you love doing so that it didn't feel like work. Right. Um, I think that's a lot of, a lot of people are intimidated by their dreams and by their, goals and things they want to do in life and so they'd think that they can't do what they want to do and I kind of found myself in that situation to be honest I was in Arizona going to um, going to school and I was working a job at a resort and I was making really good money I'd worked my way up the ladder fairly quickly and was in a supervisor position overseeing a, a group of men most of which were older than I was and most of them got stuck like they were in this job that they hated that they were doing because it paid their bills and for some of them it was actually their career and I was like I saw myself like a flash forward to the future. Like if I didn't get out of here and do something I want to do, like I'm going to be stuck. I'm going to be that guy. Right. And so I, had, it's funny because I just seen a movie that, um, in a lot of ways changed my life in that regard. It was Good Will Hunting. And, uh, in that movie will had to go see about a career. I mean, about a girl I had to go see about a career, if that makes sense. So there's yeah. this weird correlation where he was in love with this woman. He's like, if I don't go, like I'll never know. And I want that dream. will just die. Yeah. And so I had one of my best friends was out in California, went to film school at that point, was like I gotta go see about a career. I had to, so I literally packed up my bags like the next week and wow. like, moved out to California to come to go to film school. I ended up at Art Center, which is where I went. But you know, I think having that foundation of a father that pushed me to find something that I wanted to do, because I knew that what I was doing for the work at the time, I was in school, so I obviously knew that what I was doing was just to, um, pay the bills in the meantime while I was in school. And but that just really propelled me to get out to California to do what I wanted to, which is go to film school.
0: It was just sort of like a one day it hit you kind of thing. Like there was some. I like, think it was a
1: culmination. Yeah, it was. It was you know, I started meeting a lot of bands and celebrities and people that would stay at the Biltmore, the resort I worked at in Phoenix. And the more people I talked to, they're like, "Well, you can do anything you want to do. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you working here?" Yeah, because I grew up in a community where I'm um, in a very tight knit religious community that kind of pushed my dream. I, w- I wanted to work in something that would be I'd be able to travel and see the world. And some of those in the entertainment space and movies and TV and fashion that kind of stuff. But you know that's. Evil that's corrupt, like in the right. Christian community, for the most part, which is I think something I battled for a long time because I really wanted to like still have my faith and values, but also do something that I wanted to creatively and so I think it ultimately just came to a head when I learned that you know I could be a corrupt dentist, a corrupt lawyer, a corrupt doctor, I could be <laughs> yeah. a corrupt no matter what I'd chose in life as a profession, I could be corrupt in that profession if that's where my heart and mind was if that makes right
0: sense. totally uh what is one lesson I guess you learned either at that time or moving through your career in its entirety that you wish you could install into everyone's mind instantly? Like, what was the greatest gift of a lesson?
1: Um, one of them for sure is that my dad said, you find something you love. I mean, it, truly, if you love something, it's not work. I mean, right now, I, what I do for work is it's like play to me. Like I get to do things that I love doing. And every day is different. And it's a challenge but it's a fun challenge and I think that's the biggest thing is most people don't take the time to find what they love
0: yeah or they don't even see that it correlates to a job right like it's like what does that have to do with anything right yeah
1: yeah I mean, if you ask most people what do you love and then if they start talking about those things like well how come we're not doing that for work well it's not a job like well why it's or I can't it's... think of anything that's not a job for someone yeah that I mean think of anything you love I mean what's something you love Sarah
0: I love helping people
1: so there's how many different jobs that you oh, can help Oh, totally. Someone. I mean, it's, it's one of those funny things I think most people just forget about and don't think about. And they... Yeah. I mean, Dallas Clayton, he spoke at Field Trip last year. He shared this incredible talk on how as we get older, like, our dreams kind of become forgotten or abandoned, if you will. Yeah. Because as a child, like, anything's possible. You can oh, dream totally. of whatever you want. And then the more you get older, the more you start becoming aware that if you admit that you have a dream, there's a chance that it won't come true. So you don't want, and people are scared of that. It's it's a scary thing. So I think the biggest thing I would just say is find something you love and be persistent. Like don't take no, just go for it until you make it happen.
0: Or you have to like decide that it's not really what you want because otherwise you're responsible for making it happen. So you're like, well, but I don't even know if I like it that much. Like you have to dismiss right. That's an it excuse. Validity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally fear. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say to somebody who's trying to retroactively kind of create the inspiration you had as a child, like with your dad? And they're trying to like, like they've they're in a job. They realize like, wow, I hate this, and they're trying to figure out like how to jump sideways into like a new, creative, passion-driven field. Like, and they don't necessarily know what that is yet. Well, that's
1: tricky because I've seen that firsthand with a lot of people being in the wedding and portrait space with my wife. Um, where you know, she has a pretty well-known wedding and portrait photography business that I shoot with her.
0: I know, and she's shooting my <laughs> I know,
1: excited. <laughs> um, but we've had a lot of friends that you know first had other full-time careers and they found love for photography than the one to jump in and so there's I've seen all aspects I've seen people that just cut cold turkey and just quit everything to jump into photography or whatever job it is that they want to do I've seen people that took years to kind of bridge that gap between being able to provide an, an income on the new job that they I mean their love if you will yeah. that they want to turn into a career and I've also seen people that never actually turned that corner that people that had to abandon their dream because they couldn't figure out a way to make it work and that's really? that's one of, oh for sure it happens all the time I I look at a lot of the people I went to film school with and I they I mean most of them wanted to be directors and most of them I shouldn't say most, but quite a few of them are not directing still.
0: Was it mainly for financial reasons or just it just wasn't practical?
1: I think there's a lot of reasons. I mean one of the biggest things that I've seen is their I don't know if it's a fear of success or the most people won't allow themselves to accomplish things because I mean if you you live in LA and everyone has a script, right? Mm-hmm. But how many people actually finish that script? Like, Most people are scared to finish it. They want to perfect it. And like they, they want what they do to be good. We all wow, do.
0: Wow, that's so interesting to think about it that way. Because I feel like I, I suffer from that quite a bit, although I finish things, but I usually want, like it's never done in my head. I'm right. like, ah, I should have tweaked blank. But it's- right,
1: but you know that's a, that's a funny thing. If you ask my dad, my dad who's been painting his whole life still feels like he hasn't painted his best painting. I guarantee if you ask Spielberg if
0: oh, totally. he thinks
1: Jaws is an amazing movie, there's so many things he would do differently now. Because like he he's learned and grown as an artist. And like you can't, That's the thing. You just have to learn that you're only as good today as you are today. And the more you practice and grow and develop and work at something, the better you can get at it.
0: Oh, if, that's awesome. If your heart's there. That's such a great way to think about it. I do feel like kind of like Malcolm Gladwell's thousand, whatever 10,000-hour thing. I've noticed that in my own life just from working in one job, like all of a sudden it just becomes second nature and you're like, oh yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a very small fraction, a very small few in the world that are gifted with the talent that wouldn't require 10,000 hours of work yeah. or something.
0: Yeah, and if they are, they're kind of like disturbed geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No um, so I wanted to ask you about... Uh, oh, you've already answered this. i ask you about your parents. Why, um, why do you think in life or what do you think in life now gives you the greatest creative energy boost
1: oh man i i would say my family probably like my kids and my wife just wanting to set up a legacy for them and like being able to be someone that they're proud of to have as a as a spouse or a, as a father and someone that can better the world um you know leave leaving things whether it's talent at yo gabba, gabba or marketing and branding at luaroe or this community of field trip that we put together and just whatever it is, knowing that what I've left behind is better than how I found it. I mean, it's kind of weird. It's like the boy scout motto, like <laughs> leave things better than you found them. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think that's what inspires me creatively is my wife and my children. just knowing that no matter what choices I make and what accomplishments or failures I have in my life, that they're always going to love me and be there for me and support me. I think that's a huge thing. And so that that drives me creatively to be able to know that even if I fail, that they'll still have my back, and they'll they'll still be there for me, Because most people I think are scared of failure, and that they feel like if they fail then it's done, it's over wow and that there's a quote that uh Patrick, who's a the designer and production manager of the at Lulu, the clothing brand I'm working with now he uh he shares, and I don't think it's his quote, so to speak, but it's a quote that he shares in a lot of his presentations and talks is the masters failed more times than the beginners even attempted ah uh. I think I might have butchered that.
0: That's nice.
1: The masters failed more time than the beginners even tried. The Something, yeah, is, some.
0: The meaning's pretty awesome. Yeah, like you there. get what I'm saying. Yeah, I'll try and find a link to it. Um, are there times that you feel like stuck creatively, or just oh, for stuck sure. career-wise? And if so, what would you say your go-to tool is to get unstuck?
1: My go-to tool would be music for sure.
0: Just listening to music? Yeah, or... but there's,
1: there's certain bands and groups and albums that you know, I can put in and just put me in a different space mentally. And I found that, that space kind of helps clear me, bring my mind a little more. But I also, I also love nature, like getting out to whether it's the ocean or the mountains or just on the drive. Like Drives are tricky in California because it's yeah. not easy to just go on a drive sometimes. But like, you growing up in Idaho and in Arizona, there was I mean a lot of open space where you could just drive, and put in music and just think. And I don't know. I think those are some things that I go to. Um, also, like there's spiritual things that I feel I go to too for. Yeah. In moments of a uh, lack of creativity, if you will.
0: Yeah. Uh, if there was one kind of daily practice or. Book or resource that you were to recommend to people if they're creatively finding themselves stuck, besides field trip.
1: <laughs> creatively, okay. What would it be? A daily creative resource. Yeah. To or, get out of a creative uh, or, rut.
0: Yeah, I feel like I I go to museums or I watch a movie that's like done by a director that's themselves. You know, yeah. has like a unique voice.
1: Um, that's a good question. A daily thing. I mean, there are a lot of books that I love. It's interesting because some of the books, whether it's a novel or, I mean, one of my favorite books is Law of Success, but that's not necessarily a book about creativity. It's about right. getting your mind right, if you will. Like, I think every business book that's ever been written was based on that book. It's a, like a college course. Um, let's see. The daily daily activity or daily thing that I go to to get a creative rut.
0: Or just to be inspired. Or to
1: be inspired by. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, music is a big thing for me. Um, I think that may be where I go to the most.
0: Yeah. What artists...
1: I mean, oh, there's so many. Um, right now, I've been loving a lot of uh, Future Islands, The XX. Um, what else have we been listening to, Kai? There's so many we've been listening to lately. Um, Lo Fang, I like a lot. Oh, Sylvanesso has been really good, too. Um, I mean, it's interesting, because there's a lot of motivational books that my dad would, like, share, because he was a coach growing up. Like, he was a...
0: Oh, high, God, your dad's awesome.
1: He's a high school volleyball coach and, a, and an artist, a painter. So it was... Like, he painted for a living, but then, you know, his sport of passion was volleyball, so he taught volleyball. So from a young age, I played volleyball, and the coaches would always share these motivational quotes with the the players, and it's funny, because motivational quotes still, are, like, are something that I like, and yeah, I think can give me a little encouragement or... Confidence or comfort or inspiration, if you will. I mean, there's a lot of good books out there, and a lot of actually the thing that I probably go to the most now that I think about it, if I want some like inspiration, create creatively or mentally, is TED Talks. Hmm. I listen to a lot of TED Talks.
0: I was like bawling my eyes out uh, (laughs) listening to (laughs) that. I made, uh, yeah, I made my fiance watch the creative mornings thing. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, so I like it, really, like, gave me like a jolt of creative. Oh, red juices! I was like, "Oh my God, I can do anything!" I left (laughs) you like so. You can for sure. I know it was awesome. Um, I think a lot of what you uh, teach is play and love and making stuff and being yourself, and I just love that. So I wanted to ask, what is a day in the life for you? And it can doesn't have to be like an average week. A day in the life. Yeah.
1: Um, Well, that's a good question. Like, you want me to run you through a day, or you want me just typically? Typically. Like today or yesterday? Let's see. So yesterday. Let, let's go with yesterday. Okay. So yesterday morning, um, I woke up. I don't usually wake up too early. I wake up around eight o'clock normally because I didn't usually up really late. Woke up around eight o'clock. Um, saw the kids off to school, and then I uh, got ready right for the morning. Did a little exercise, and then I I did some reading. Um, I don't do much exercise anymore. Just like little things. If I do like push ups and sit ups and those kinds of things. Um, but then I did some reading. Um, I read for about thirty minutes on some stuff that I was wanting to work on personally. And so I read, and then I got ready for the day, went to work. We had a, you know, I came home from work around four o'clock to take my sons to basketball practice. I'm their basketball coach. Assistant coach, I should say. Um, So I took them to basketball practice, and then we came home at about 5.30. We had a quick little family dinner and a little family uh, spiritual lesson, a little family home evening, if you will. And then we went to go see the movie Paddington. Came home from Paddington, and... Um, got the kids to bed, and then uh, the wife and I chatted for a little while, and snuggled up, watched a show, and then uh, went to bed.
0: Wow, you so, live <laughs> a very balanced life.
1: So there's some work, to some play, some exercise, a little exercise. I, mean, I play basketball a few times a week, twice a week. I mean, I, I don't run as much as I'd like to. I feel like I need a running partner, running friend, if you will. Yeah, you. yeah definitely try to balance work, play, fun, family. I mean. It, those are, I mean, you know, those are things Yeah. i doing, so. Yeah, it
0: doesn't really make sense in my, in my, in the realm of my experiences, because the people I know that, like, they usually work, and then they have to squeeze in family, like, after work, and it doesn't feel like they want it to be that way, but it just seems to be, it's sort of set up by the industry, or whatever it is, it's like, it's, I find it so inspiring, and, like hopeful just seeing your family being so like perfectly <laughs> balanced i'm like i can have that too just really i mean it's not
1: always perfect it's a it's a struggle and it's a balance and it's one of those things where you know it takes time and it takes practice it takes an effort to get things to where you want them if that makes sense
0: well that was actually going to be one of my next questions which because you and your wife inspire me just as a couple and like the fact that you guys work together and that you seem to have like a really beautiful friendship but also like a marriage so there's like just so many facets to your relationship. So I was gonna ask how you set up your professional relationship, just as photographers, and also with things like Field Trip. Did you guys evolve it to be that way, or did you kind of set it up, structure it to be like kind of a, we want to work together, this is to help us work
1: together? Yeah, well that's that's the funny thing about the different professions we have. I mean her photography business it grew out of a, a love and an interest for photography that she had. and you know, I grew up in a home with my father being an artist, he would always take photographs for research and Documentation or inspiration for his paintings and so out photography is something. I was loved and in film school I had a bunch of photography classes. I went to art center and while I was at uh, school my wife um, Her brother so my brother-in-law was getting married and he saw some of my pictures from Some of the classes i had been taking and he's like dude. I want you to take our wedding photos like dude, you're crazy There's no way <laughs> and so I ended up shooting the wedding after a bunch of coercing from him and my wife was obviously there because it was her brother's wedding, and she kind of had one of those aha moments where the light bulb went off. She's like, this is what I want to do. And so it was a passion for her. And so it was something where I kind of... I knew a little more than she did at that point um, about photography, so I kind of taught her the things that I knew. And then she's she's far surpassed me in technical skills. And in all the things that we do, whether it's photography or field trip or whatever it there they're the things that we love and are passionate about. I mean, she loves photography. I love photography. And so we just kind of go into it with an understanding of like what our roles are. Mm-hmm. Like in, her, in photography, the shooting wedding, for example, like her roles She's the main photographer. She's the one that interacts with the client. She does all the consultations with the brides and the editing and the blogging and the emails and all that work as you are experiencing firsthand. Like I don't ever interact with the brides prior to a wedding ever. And so knowing that she's the one that sets up all the, she knows the timeline, the schedule. She knows what the bride is expecting as far as you know, photography needs and wants are. And so when we go to weddings, she knows what her role is and what her place is. And I know that my role is just to kind of have a different eye, to have a different look and to be capturing things that she's not or looking for, you know, some of the, you know, more of the candid stuff that's happening around, like more of the photojournalism type stuff. Right. Um, so that's why I think it works well. together. it's a good balance because we're getting both, both aspects and both sides and she knows what I'm, we both have worked so long with each other that she knows what I'm shooting and she, and I know what she's shooting so we both kind of understand each other and what our places are in that world and I think that just came through experience and through talking through things and I think that's where most, I feel like my wife and I have a super healthy marriage and super healthy relationship because we're very open. We talk about things and you know, if there's a problem, like we talk about it. If there's something that's, you know, hurting you or upsetting you or something that excites you, like we talk about those things. And so that's how we're able to learn how to help each other. Right. Like she knows what I need as a person. And I know what she needs as a person. So we're able to help each other in that regard. And whether it's personally, emotionally, mentally, profession, you know, professionally, professionally, work related things, like filter, for example, you know, it's, we found ourselves going to this convention that was happening in Vegas every year, and all of our friends were going to that same convention. And we would just get to the point where we wouldn't attend any of the events put on by that conference. We would just go there to be with our friends and to hang out. And my friend Whitney started this other big dance party called Lasers and Blazers, and so we would just all go to be there and hang out and go to this dance party. And so then we thought, well, why do we go to Vegas? Why? <laughs> yeah. For years, we've been wanting to do something different, something that was more hands-on, more community-based, more. In line with like what our friends were doing, like let's just get together and have small classes and like go on adventures and hang out and learn from each other. And who cares about these giant classrooms full of people like being told what they need yeah. to do? Like let's get hands hands on and like ask people how they're doing what they do and whatnot. Right. So that's kind of how Field Trip was born. You know, between Whitney and I, I, just wanted to do something different. And being that Amelia's a photographer, she's you know one of the instructors at Field Trip, and she te- she teaches a rad class about posing or about off-camera lighting, some of the things that she's passionate about. And I think that's just what translates in our life is knowing how to communicate what we want out of the situation. Like, I know what she wants out of a wedding, and she knows what I want out of a wedding, and we know how to make that work together. So when we're shooting a wedding, we can... And that's one of the fun things, too, is it's it's a creative thing. And so we're not intimidated by the, the pressure that some people are intimidated by at a wedding. Yeah. And it's a very healthy, creative balance, too, because we're always trying to one-up each other. She's uh, always trying to outshoot me, and I'm trying to outshoot her. while are always trying to get the best picture possible. It's a healthy competition. Oh, that's
0: great! So it keeps
1: us in check at all times. Oh, for and, sure. Yeah. I
0: feel like that's key with friendship as well. Yeah, that and
1: it's it's thing. kept us, I think, from getting stale and stagnant because we're always trying to like one up each other and like, oh yeah, watch this, look what I just did, kind of a thing, <laughs> which is which is fun.
0: Oh, that's great. Oh, what? Who is one hero uh, you have that you would love to? call a bestie? If, if it's not somebody that's already in your life, like, it could be someone that's
1: a alive hero, or dead. A hero I'd love to call a bestie? Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Fallon, for sure. <laughs> really? Or JT. Well, I don't know about hero, but there's someone that I think would be fun to hang out with and someone that I think, you know, Justin Timberlake, for example, is a very creative individual, I feel. Oh,
0: for sure.
1: Uh, but he's also fun and can make fun of himself and he's very talented and he's passionate and persistent and driven. I mean, I mean, someone who's kind of become a friend that I respect a lot Is Dallas Clayton He's an incredible artist and his mind He He's such a child at heart But he's so successful At what he does He just kind of Didn't He took Took the the game Into his own hands He didn't listen to the rules Of what you're supposed to do And just kind of did his own thing I really respect that um, And he's just one of the most Passionate humans I've known
0: I was Okay so this is like a Sort of related to the Creative mornings Like Thing that I saw which I will link to on this (laughs) blog interview. Um, So you seem like you're very aware of the hierarchy of life, like kind of, I think it's where a lot of people just get stuck in, I don't know, habit, and one day they wake up and they realize they've wasted their whole life just not even participating in it. Uh, How do you think you have that? Like, Do you think it requires something like Haiti and being able to see the stark contrast in order for you to understand what is important at all times. Because I know even for myself, when I'm trying very hard to just stay in in touch with like being grateful for every single moment I have, it's still like your brain can get the best of you and you can get stuck in like all the stupid trivial stuff. So how how do you think you do that? Because it seems like you very much live in that. You embody it at least.
1: Well, it's a tricky thing. It's one of those things that, you know, takes daily attention, if you will. Um, I'm still learning how to be better about it and to do it better. But one of the biggest things is being aware of your thoughts, like being aware of what you're thinking, because you you can really think about the things you want to think about. I think you can only think about one thing at a time, if that makes sense. Yeah. But we switch so rapidly from thing to thing that it, it feels like you're thinking about a lot of different things at once. But if you're aware of what you're thinking at all times and putting the thoughts in there that you want and like... It's almost that thing, like self fulfilling prophecy, where if you think it like you can be it and you can do it. It's it's one of those things where, I mean, to go back to fully understand your question, I think there's been a, it's just staying humble and staying like aware of the world around you and knowing that, you know, you have a place in this world and this world is rad and like it's here for all of us. And we all have incredible talents that may or may not be developed yet. And we've all been given them and we all have them. And some of, some of us have developed it more than others, um, in many regards. But a lot of what happened in Haiti truly made me aware of my place in the world, like as a human and as a fellow traveler like, on earth, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. in this in this world that we live in. We're all part of it. And like they took me in like I was a brother. Like literally, like I was family, and I couldn't be more different in a lot of ways. And also there in Haiti, I think the thing that brought me home the most was It's all about the relationships, it's about the people. It's not about what you have, it's not about the car you drive, it's not about where your kids go to school, it's not about the house you live in, it's about the relationships you have in your life, the friendships, the family, like those things that really matter. And you know, I think one of the most humbling things was when I had to share with that man after the earthquake that his daughter passed away, like that really hit home. Like he, he wasn't sad or mad at God if you will i think as most people would be after losing his daughter i mean she was 9 and he put his arms up in prayer giving thanks to God that he got to know her for 9 years and that she was with him it was like what how can i be more like that yeah how can i be more grateful for what i have if i was to lose one of my children today would i be able to say as that man did that i was grateful that i got to have that time with them right which i don't think most people live their life with that kind of a mental attitude and so i think that's something that I learned hugely from the people of Hades that they value what they have. And I think most of American culture and society in general is worried about what they don't have and what they want. Yeah. As opposed to, be, to being grateful for what they do have.
0: It's true. I wonder if that's just the fault of advertising.
1: It could be. I mean, uh, I think the media plays a huge part in that for sure.
0: Do you, uh, what's one secret career dream you have? You wear many hats. Let's a say, secret um, career yeah, dream? Yeah, I, I could see you doing a thousand more things in your lifetime.
1: A secret career dream for sure would be to win an Oscar. I mean, let's not be shy. <laughs> I mean, why not?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. And what are you most proud of in your professional creative career?
1: Um, that That's almost like a trick question. Because in my professional creative career, I mean... I feel like the thing I'm most proud of is like my family, like my my wife and my children. But at the end of the day, that's not a profession. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like being a father kind of <laughs> is. It's, yeah. It's part of my life for sure, for in a, in a huge way. But um, professionally speaking, Yoga is definitely something I'm super proud of and super honored to be involved with, and something that's been fun from day one, and it's been such a huge door opener and also life-changer in a lot of ways. I've learned a lot from my experiences on Yoga Abigail, and I've learned a lot from people that I worked with and from experiences that we had there. And It kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things that I don't think would have been opened otherwise. But Yoga Apigam is something I'm very, very proud of, for sure, to to have been involved with that from the beginning and to have helped bring it to where it is now.
0: I was going to ask another question about that specifically. What is one, uh, I guess, like, the process of pushing something like that into existence and knowing that there's nothing else like it before, was I have to imagine that it's sort of like a leap of faith that's somewhat terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> How Did you have instincts beforehand? I know everything kind of serendipitously lined up, but like before it was out there, birthed into the world, did you have like a strong understanding of what it would become or was it just kind of like, I'm gonna go for it and let go of the outcome?
1: It's almost like the whole thing where you can't sin in ignorance. Like if you don't know something, like you your naivete almost plays a huge role in a lot of things. I think sometimes with Yo Gabba Gabba, Scott and Christian, the creators of the show, like they've they've been pitching the show concept for six years to networks and people in the industry, and like we're getting no response, and so. I just finished film school at Art Center, and they sat me down and said, hey, we want to make this kids' TV show. And, you know, I had no intention of making kids' TV. I want to make indie movies that would change the world. Yeah. Is, I think, the line I always use. Because it was true. I, I, that's really what I want to do. And uh, they pitched me this idea of a fun, rad kids' TV show that they'd want to watch with their kids that taught life lessons. And I was like, you know, that sounds really cool. Like, what? Like, why don't we just... Knowing that they'd been pitching it for six years and people weren't getting it, I, I had just come out of school and didn't know any difference. Like, why don't we just make a pilot? It's just make something for super cheap that we can show the idea to the networks and we can pitch the idea as we see it, not as someone else envisions it. And so we just bootstrapped it, friends and family, went out and shot a super low budget pilot and we then used that to pitch the show, but even then that didn't work. Like That didn't get the show picked up. We um, got turned down by every network, by Nickelodeon, by Disney, by PBS, Like everyone turned us down. But then we put a trailer online that we were then sending out to people, like in the hopes that you know we could reach someone else somehow. And it wasn't even really our goal, but that video went viral. Like that trailer became like a within a four day period, we had a million hits on our web, on our website. It crashed our server. We had no idea what was going on. And at that point, the networks were all getting emailed from around the world saying, "What is this show? Like this looks like a show that should be on Nickelodeon. Like what are you doing with this?" And so that's when the head of Nickelodeon called us and brought I us in. I changed my mind. Yeah, totally, which is interesting. She actually had never seen the show. It was oh, someone God. underneath her. Right. One of the uh, acquisitions reps that passed on the show, so the head of Nick Lydia never even saw it, or the head of Nick Jr. It's one of those things where we believed in it enough that we just didn't take no for an answer. Like We didn't. We thought that what we were making was cool, and it was good, and it was something we'd want to watch with our kids, and that's really, at the end of the day, the only litmus test you have is yeah. you need to hope and pray that you're...
0: There are others like you. Yeah, your
1: understanding of cool and understanding of relevant is in line with what other people believe and think also. I mean, it's you walk that line of like wanting to make something that's awesome and interesting and creative, but also palatable and likable by others. Right. And that doesn't mean it has to be likable by everyone, because there's definitely a lot of haters of Yoga There's people that don't get it and don't understand it, which is fine. And I think that's how it is in most things. I mean, you can find people that love or hate most anything in that regard. But I think the thing that we didn't the thing that we did, I should say, not didn't, the thing that we did is we were persistent and we didn't take no for an answer and we thought that, you know what, like the networks just don't get it. Let's put it out to the people. Let's put it out on let's put it online and see what happens and let's send it to as many people as possible. Because we knew that there would be someone that wanted the show. Right. And that would like the show. And at the end of the day we thought, you know what, if networks don't like it, we'll just put it out on D V D and we'll sell it to friends and family. We'll start building a fan base that way. But Fortunately, fate said otherwise, and, you know, the trailer went viral and got us a deal at Nickelodeon, which is crazy. But I think yeah. that's something that I think I just spoke on the other day with someone about Um, was, you know what? You just have to believe in what you're doing, and you have to be persistent about it. You know, if you believe you're making something that's rad, and you believe in it, you think it's good. And there's a difference in arrogance and confidence. Um, we weren't arrogant about it. We weren't cocky. We just... We were confident that what we were making was cool and that something we would want to watch with our kids. Right. And so that's, we had to think that there was others like us.
0: I do feel like that's the greatest bar to uh, like measure yourself against is do I like it? Does right. it? Am I proud of it?
1: Which is a really, I mean, I've known this my whole life, like living with a father who's an artist. Like it's, you know, my dad's his, his own worst critic. Like he, like I said, he still doesn't think he's painted his greatest painting, which is great. But at the end of the day, too, you have to have confidence in your work. You have to believe in what you're doing. You know, there's a fine line of knowing you can do better, and in believing in yourself, and also knowing that what you've done is the best you can do right now. Right. And believing that.
0: I think also resourcefulness. Just yeah. Like when you said, "We'll put it on DVDs and build a management. I'm like, "Whoa! <laughs> I probably wouldn't even get there. I probably." Oh yeah, like, we thought uh-huh. we thought through all
1: every scenario. We thought that you would. Worst case, like what's going to happen here? And so, like, that was our worst case scenario plan.
0: And at the end of the day, I think it's better to make something than not make something.
1: Totally agree. And that's why, you know, that that was my thought with Christian and Scott. Like, you guys have been pitching this for six years. Let's just go make it. Let's just go. And thankfully, they were on board with that same plan. That's, you know, so we figured that out. And we wanted to make something to show the idea instead of just talking about it.
0: I have to give a shout out to my sister because she calls their family a yoga abba Gaba family. Yeah, like, tell them it, thanks. <laughs> well, but it really—I feel like it did change the world. Like I, the irony of your goal was like, <laughs> I want to make anybody to change the world, but like this did I think change the world just because for a lot of people that had kids, like that were cool, were thinking I won't have anything that I will like ever. I'm just an—I'm just not like everybody else in the world, and so you kind of created right. something that people that thought they were the only ones. They they were like, wait, this is directed at me. It's like there was a whole big you know population that was waiting for it, yeah, and they didn't even know they were. You know, there were more of them. Like, oh wow, they they like good music too. I like good <laughs> music. Um, what was the scariest move you have made? I guess in your career, or it could just be in life. I guess that paid off the biggest.
1: I think the scariest move so far, I think, was doing that. Like, you know, I went to film school to make movies and TV shows, never to kids TV, that was never a thought of mine. I think believing in that concept, and the, you know what, like just because this isn't my dream, doesn't mean this can't help me get to my dreams, if that makes sense. Right. And seeing how that show, Yo Gabba Gabba, because that was the thing, It's just no I believed in it and I thought it was rad, and that's the ultimate test, is if you believe in something. You know, I don't think you should get involved with something unless you really believe in it, unless you think it's got a chance of success, and something you're passionate about, if that makes sense i um, Kathy Schulman, who produced Crash. She shared with me at a roundtable one day that, you know, on average it takes seven years to make a movie. For her. she's like, and if you're not passionate about a project, like don't even think about getting involved because you're going to spend at least seven seven years of your life with this project. Wow. I was like, that's so true. Like if you're not passionate about it, like why are you doing it? Thing, the biggest chance I took that paid off the most was probably believing Scott and Christian's vision of Yoga Gabba Ab and what they were trying to do with a kids' TV show and how that could all play into like my career goals and ambitions, if you will.
0: Yeah. I think you probably had like the skill set that allowed you to be able to envision it, too, which is something. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people, if you read them the same pitch, they probably would have been like, this looks dumb. This looks like Teletubbies. Like, And in your <laughs> brain, it looked a lot different.
1: Yeah, it looked like something that I'd want to watch with my kids, for sure.
0: Do you have any other resources besides like, Field Trip and Unicamp that you think will help creative people find others like them? That. They can collaborate with or be inspired by. Well,
1: I think it's just that. It's finding the things that you like, like the hobbies you're into. I mean, for me, it's, you know, photography, it's movies, it's sports. And so the, the things that I'm interested in as a human, you know, on a hobby and creative level, if you will, are, I think, and it's also not being afraid to reach out. I think that's the biggest problem with people, of finding community is like, it's hard sometimes to reach out to someone else and to to make the invite and to make the... right. The proactive approach and to initiate the conversation.
0: Right. I know. It's like you need the one glue friend that's going to be like, Hey, everybody. Yeah. Come to my house.
1: Or you need to be that glue friend. For yeah.
0: Sure. <laughs> there are definitely people in my, in my friend group that are more assertive in that way. Um, and then my last question is a very selfish question because let's get married, <laughs> as you know. Uh, and I wanted to ask about just... I don't know. It seems like an anomaly, I think, for couples to not only have a healthy marriage, but also be able to, like, work together and, like, as business partners. And I was going to ask if you have any, like, advice for couples who want to work together and they have, like, busy lives. Um, what would be, like, things to be aware of or best practices yeah, there's, or...
1: There's some interesting advice I could give you there. I mean, I would say the biggest thing is to know when it's work time, it's work time. And when it's not work time, like, don't make it work time. Like if you're on a date, like don't make the date about work. Like, make the date about you. And as a couple, and like we uh, weekly we we have a goal to go on a date once a week. And during those dates, we you know we try not to talk about work. Well, unless we decide that there's things we want to talk about work related. We try to talk about you know our dreams and our our desires and our goals and you know just life and thoughts and those kinds of things. So you need to have you time. I think that's the biggest thing that I've seen has helped a million eyes. Knowing that when it's us time, it's us time. Like, put the phones away and, like, oh, don't. That's nice. Like, when you're on a date with your spouse, like, be on a date.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't be on Instagram. Don't be in an email, like, thinking about work things.
0: Right. When you're at home
1: being a father, like, be at home being a father. When you're at work, be, at be the best worker you can, like, whatever it is you're doing. Don't go into things like just thinking, oh, I'm a, I'm a little bit of this at all times. Like, be that one thing at that one time.
0: Wow. that would That's, like, profound. I feel like that would change the world if everyone did that.
1: I do too, and it's it's definitely changed my life for sure for the better. It's like I said, it's not, and I'm still working on that, and it's it's not something I've perfected by any means, but it's something that's definitely changed the way I view things, and you know, being more present. Yeah. Which sure. I think it's sad. I mean, I'd, there's been so many times recently where I've been out with friends or family or other people, and I would feel like I was the only one there because I would be in a room or in a conversation with people, and I'd be the only one not on my phone. I'm like, what?
0: So oh weird yeah, and interesting.
1: And it kind of made me sad, to be honest. Yeah, I like, know.
0: I agree. It's like people are stolen from you.
1: Yeah, for I know. sure. I feel like and I don't know how to say that to some people without like offending them and making like, when, without sounding arrogant because I don't want to be arrogant. That's not my intention. But how how do you say to someone like, hey, would you mind getting off Instagram right now so we can like talk and? <laughs> I know. I Feel like you got to set up the
0: rule ahead of time. Like this is gonna be a no phones thing. But I think people have grown attached to them in a way yeah. that like they can't. They feel naked without it now.
1: I mean, like, literally, no joke. We were dinner the other night, like, at a dinner, and three of the five people at the table were on Instagram. I was like, well, <laughs> "Hey guys, we're right here. What's up?" <laughs>
0: you could Instagram your face, and then like, I thought about at the that, table. but then
1: it's like, the, but then I'm on Instagram too. You know what I mean? It's like
0: I know, it's always funny. I like that though. It's like funny. you waving, I'm across the table.
1: Like, remember that one time I was at dinner and you guys were? Hey, hey you guys
0: are in the same spot.
1: No, but that's the thing. Just being present, I think, would. That's one advice I'd give be present wherever you are.
0: Um that is very good advice. Forgot one question I wanted to ask. You ask probably it. can't tell me, but what? I was going to ask what is your uh ask away. favorite band that you wish could be on Yogaba? Yogaba.
1: Ooh, favorite band we wish could be on Yogaba. There's so many. Um favorite actor for sure is Bill Murray.
0: Oh my god, he's a Bill amazing. Murray is
1: someone we've died to have. We we want to have on Yogaba. The one, the one band we've been wanting to have on GABA, I think, more than any others, that we almost had happen, but it just didn't work out, and it still makes me sad, was Daft Punk.
0: Oh, that would be perfect.
1: Yeah, they actually wanted to do the show. They wanted to do it, and they had a brief window, and the powers that be um, were more concerned about getting the right concept and getting it perfect. Oh. That too much time went by, and we missed the window.
0: That's
1: so one of those things where you can't, you know, if you take too long to try to make something perfect the opportunity can pass by. So yeah. I think that's advice in a lot of ways for people, whether you're writing a script or writing a book or oh, sure. whatever okay. in life, if you take too long to try to make it perfect, the opportunity might have already passed by by the time you're done.
0: Totally. And like I think if you, if you covet it too often, sometimes it's like it's never going to have a life and you just have to like push it out there yeah. and see if it's going to fly.
1: I think that funk's probably the band I would want to have the most.
0: They feel, It's like almost in my memory Like they have been on already I don't know Well it's that's crazy Because the... it would
1: have been Their second TV performance ever In history Oh and they, man and they, they were in They wanted to do it
0: They're awesome They're like already in costume I was costumes, so sad
1: This to is it Wow
0: I'm very very excited I want to uh, do my little closing spiel now People like you Who inspire others um, I say thank you Because uh just for being yourself, being vulnerable, and being genuine, just because it inspires other people to be the same way. It inspires me. And I felt, like, so filled with glee just watching your presentation and, like, hearing your story just because it kind of lit a path in front of me of, like, yeah, you can do this. Like, you can be yourself, and you can be creative, and you can, like, have all of your cake and eat it, too. Like, you have such a kind of rich and wonderful life, and I'm so grateful to have met you. Um, So... Thank you for being you and for sharing that you with the world.
1: Um, Thank you well, for having Justin. me. That was awesome.
0: <laughs> uh, and pleasure. to anybody listening, um, you can read more on teaspoonofhappy.com. I'll post the transcription of this as well as on Hello Giggles. And don't Hello forget Giggles. to smile. You want say smile?
1: Smile. Woo. <laughs> and laugh.